This year, our theme is what? Living out loud. And that can mean different things to different folks. What it means to live out loud. But for each of us here, you know, here being a center for spiritual living, we're approaching it in that context. That as spiritual beings in these physical bodies and containers, we are in fact having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having spiritual experiences in this physicality. And however you might define living out loud, whatever that means to you, from that perspective or context of being spirit in form, what we're talking about is about us individually and collectively living our authentic self out loud. It means to speak up, to stand up, to speak the truth. And at the same time, it also calls for us to, to extend generosity and compassion to others. It's not just about us, even though sometimes I know it feels like that for me. It's about me. It's all about me. And while I'm speaking up and I'm standing up, living my authentic life, living out loud also means about taking personal responsibility for who I am being. Taking responsibility. I remember the first time I came into Science of Mind, it was actually Louise Hay, she was my introduction, You Can Heal Your Life, that book. And I remember reading in there, it's right, it's up close, it's in the first couple pages, but she says, I believe that we are 100% responsible for our experience. And I read that and I was like, what is she talking about? How can, what? But this year, living out loud, it is about us owning that, owning it. And it can be scary at times to step up, to speak out. Why? Why might it be scary? Because it's not necessarily how we're living right now. Where we're at in this very moment, we're in our little cocoon, in our comfort zone. It's familiar, it's safe, it's what we know, it's what we do, it's what we've done. And there's something in us that's calling us, that's longing, that's desiring, that's reaching out towards. And it's all on the other side of our comfort zone. But you know what, when we do it, when we do it, when we step up and speak out, when we own our power, take back our power, allow ourselves to be vulnerable and courageous and allow ourselves to be seen, we feel our power, we feel our freedom. And what we're sensing is truly our authentic self in that moment. When we do this, when we do this one by one by one by one by all of us, it, this is how we create a world that works for all. It's by us 
rising up and saying, here I am. This is my part. This is the gifts that I bring. Now to help us achieve this, this month and throughout this year, we are going to be exploring different means and methods all of it grounded in our teachings of science of mind. Science of mind is the philosophy that we embrace here for our common conversation. We are not a center of doctrine and dogma. No one is going to um, tell you what you must believe. But in this teaching of science of mind founded by Ernest Holmes, there are some principles and practices that those of you who've been around for a while that you have proven them for yourself. And you go, hmm, there's something to this. My thoughts create my experience. I have a better understanding now of what Louise Hay meant. <laughs> but throughout this year, we're really not going to be talking so much about how to live out loud. We're probably going to be talking more about how to get out of our way. Because that which is within us is greater greater than our limited concepts of self. That which is living us and that which is longing to be let out is bigger. And if we just get out of the way, if we turn the faucet on and let it flow, mm, there you go. Now, for those of you who'd like to be in the know and sort of like what we're talking about each week, I'm gonna be leaning very heavily into our book of the year, Living the Science of Mind. Um, I've been spending time with this book each morning so far this year, writing about it. I'm writing about it online. Um, we have a reading guide that you can follow along with me. We're moving into what this is the third, or we're moving into the fourth week this Sunday. But um, there is, you will hear each Sunday I'm just giving you, you know, in case you're wondering. Some of you who don't care how the sausage is made, but some do. You might hear quotes from the reading that week. So if you're following along, or if you want to be, you know, know where those came from in the context, grab a copy of the book or find yours and, and get the reading guide. It's only a few pages a week. So last week we started we started our discussion for this month, really, the, the, huh? Yeah, last week, last week we started, because the first two weeks we had ritual and guest. But we started last week talking about where do we begin? We start where we're at. And as spiritual beings, where are we starting from? We're starting from center. We start from our center. And what that means in science of mind is that each one of us individually are thinking centers in this field of love intelligence. We're like waves on the ocean. And at the level of the ocean, we are all connected and we are all one. And we spoke last week about rather than God or spirit or divine mind, whatever it is that you call this absolute reality. It's not in some far off distant place. It's not separate from us. Rather, we are in it. We are in it. I love that. 
In the book of Acts, in the New Testament, Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. If him is a little too patriarchal or something, just in it, in the one, we move, we live and have our being. Dr. Holmes, that is what he meant when he said, and we just sang the song, there is only one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, and that life is my life now. And when we sit with this, when we sit with this awareness, when we go back to our center, and we meditate and reflect on this in the quietness of our own hearts, we can know this and sense this and feel this for ourselves. And that is really what's required if we're going to live out loud, is to sense it and to feel it and to know it. It's not enough to just have an intellectual concept of it. It's not. I know about electricity, but you don't want me wiring your house. <laughs> you really know. You know, the truth that we know is the truth that we are demonstrating. Truth known is truth demonstrated. What you are demonstrating in your life reveals what it is that you actually know. And in living out loud, knowing ourselves, our authentic selves, is knowing that that, that life is our life and it's our life now, and that we sense it, and we feel it, and we be it. This teaching of science of mind, I mean, there's a lot of principles and practices, and people come to it in different places in their life. They, they come to it many times. When I mean, when I first came to a Center for Spiritual Living, I was so, oh my gosh, I was so needy. Well, some might say that I still am, but <laughs> then, that was then, this is now, and, and then I was so, I, I, there, I was so needy, I didn't know what I needed. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know where to start. And so I began to use the principles and I was told that I could make my life better, that I could change things, that if I changed my thinking, what would, what would change? My life would change. And so I began to work with that. You know, this week, one of the essays in Living the Science of Mind was about thinking affirmatively. And if, you, if you're reading along or, or if you haven't yet, ooh, go read that one, thinking affirmatively. But so, but many times people can come into this teaching and they learn about intentional manifestation. They learn how to use these principles and change their life and sometimes they don't get past that. Science of mind is more than just the law of cause and effect. It's also about us living in alignment with the preeminent truth that all is love. It's not just law. This is not just a teaching of making things happen. This is a teaching of love. 
You know, Dr. Holmes, he wrote in The Science of Mind, he said the great love of the universe must be one with the great law of its own being. And we approach love through the law. This is how we start. This is how we begin. This is we, how we begin to understand how love works. You see, unconditional love is unconditional. It Love always loves. And for those here, you know what? We don't always see evidence of this in our own relationships. And so trying to relate to some unconditional love that always loves us, that always loves us. We start with knowing how it works by, by becoming acquainted with the law of it, how it works. But this then, he says, is the teaching, love and law. As the love of God is perfect, so the law of God also is perfect. We must understand both. I mean, we know that divine love is always for our good. Or do we? Rather than place human imagined limits on that good, when we can accept with faith that that love there is within us. We talked last week about center, about this divine, and we're talking this week about the divine that is in us, this love that is in us. If we could have faith that there is a greater I am that is here, that is wanting to be known, living from that, then having that awareness of ourself, we can then be open to greater possibilities. We also, knowing ourselves and trusting that we're that, we may not know it always, but, but just leaning into it and trusting that which is greater than us, that created us of itself, is what is moving us and guiding us, in that we move and live and have our being, then maybe I can look at others around me and know that that is the truth of them too. I want to know that. Don't you? We all do. I think it's wise as we listen to a lot of the noise that's in the world today. It really comes from fear. It comes from fear, from people not believing that those around them are love. And if I don't know that you're love, and if I'm uncertain that I'm love, and if I don't trust that I'm living in a friendly universe, then my instinct is to, to defend and attack. But my friends, how's that working out for us? This I am, this divine love that is in us, it is forever pointing the way for us. And it calls to all of us equally. equally. And it is the truth of all of us equally. And so our goal in science of mind, well, when we first come in and we start in our classes and we're starting at, you know, foundations or beyond limits, you know, we start with the principles and we're changing our thinking so that we can change our life. Taking care of some needs, you know, Maslow's 
pyramid of self-actualization, getting our needs met. There is a higher purpose. And our higher purpose as a center for spiritual living is to see the world as one expression of God. It is one expression. We sang the song, God is all that there is. And that we train ourselves to see as sources. And eventually the world is not just noise or separation, but we lean into this higher truth knowing that it is a living, breathing kaleidoscope of color and variety and multiplicity all coming from one source, one ocean that's supporting us. Dr. Holmes writes, we believe in the incarnation of the spirit in us and that all humans, all of us, are incarnations of the one spirit. As God is, so I am. So as we we all are, it's the truth of all of us. And this is one of the fundamental teachings. This is the fundamental teaching in Science of Mind, oneness. One infinite reality of which we are a part. And traditionally, traditionally, science of mind has been very focused over the years in the power of the individual. And this has led some to criticize new thought teaching. Because it can appear to some as it's just about me. Like I said, it's just about me. And there are some in this teaching who might use this concept of personal responsibility as a way to absolve themselves of responsibility for their actions and the impact that they are having in the world and wash their hands that it's their responsibility. But that is not what love teaches. If it is love and law, and we are all in this together. And we can all do it together. Holmes spoke very clearly that, that our goal is not to realize our own individual power, but it's for us to see and work in concert with it. So if that is true in my life, and you also are an expression of this power, then isn't the truth then, then I must learn how to work with you? Dots connecting. You know, when we say namaste, you know, whether we sing it here in in songs, or I say namaste usually at the end of my message, or or if you're in a yoga class, namaste. You know, turn to someone next to you and say that, namaste. Namaste. Now for those of you who don't know what that means, it's, it, is the, it is the crystallization of what we're talking about here, that namaste is that I am acknowledging I recognize, I see the divine in you. I see 
the I am in you? And who is it? What is it that is seeing that and knowing that? But the I am, that is me. And when I am meets I am, namaste, in that place, that is where we're one. And that is where the power to create a world that works for all resides in that coming together. It takes practice. But every spiritual master has taught that we are inherently, that it, it is inherent within us to realize this potential. If we get out of our way. <laughs> Life is trying to move us. Life is trying to move us. I know it does for me, but sometimes my feet are just so anchored to the ground that it can feel like, you know, finally it takes a, two, a cosmic two-by-four sometimes to wake me up. But every spiritual master has taught that we can live lives of this. We can live lives of, of unconditional love. We can live lives of self-mastery like the Buddha, like the Christ. These were examples. They were way showers. They are not exceptions. They may have been exceptional in that they, 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 did, they did their homework. But God doesn't make junk. And so while us in living our lives, we may have had some experiences that have caused us to come up with some conclusions, some perceptions or misperceptions about the reality of life, such as one plus one equaling three, doesn't change the truth of who you are and who I am and what is living in us and through us. You know, when we see ourselves as Christ's potential, again, we open ourselves up. We open ourselves up. You know, Holmes wanted this teaching. He talked about science of mind being open at the top. That it is not, that there is, that we remain open for revelation, fresh, direct, revelation that is relevant to what we are experiencing in each and every moment. We don't cling to some, some writings of, of the past that, that were written for other people in other times. While they may be sources of inspiration, they're meant to inspire us to be present to this moment, to open up and say, here I am, God. Here I am. Use me. When I have an awareness that the divine is living in me, then this can move me past the, the practiced, rehearsed, traditional roles of hero, villain, vic and villain and victim. And when I awaken to the truth of the divine in me and the divine in you, namaste, namaste, namaste. Oh. You're not my accuser. You're my collaborator. 
we are co-creating. We are, we are making and creating something beautiful together. We become spirit working with spirit. This is why, this is why I practice this teaching. Is to keep myself grounded in this knowing. Because Dr. Holmes does write, he writes about this in Living the Science of Mind and talks about that, you know, our childhood can get conditioning, can get in the way sometimes. <laughs> you know, they, they say, I have some laughter here, you know, those shadows are being pushed. I, you know, there's a saying that goes something, you know, that, you, you know, it's like you spend your entire adult life overcoming the trauma of your childhood, you know, something to that effect. So you know this saying. <laughs> My therapist says I qualify. <laughs> and therapy is a tool. There are tools to help us to get out of our way to, so that we can recover the truth of who we are. But as metaphysicians, as metaphysicians, and remember I started, we're talking in this context that we are spiritual beings, having spiritual experiences here in this form, it's not enough to just know about it. Not enough just to talk about it. But we must actually sense it, feel it, embody it. I love that word, embody. That means that you are giving form to it. You are clothing this idea, this principle of unconditional love. You are the channel, you are the form, you are the body of it. You are making it corporeal. A divine idea birthed into this physical experience as you. I am that I am, love. And it is ours in this work that we do. The Buddha did his homework. Jesus did his homework. If we want the peace, if we want the love, if we want the harmony, if we want the reconciliation, if we want the pleasure in the play, if we want the forgiveness, we have to do the work and we have to bring it through us. Dr. Holmes writes, if you want sunshine, step out into the sunshine. If you've locked yourself away in a dark closet, why not come out into the light? If you've been feeling that everything is against you and no one really cares for you, know that God is in everyone and meet the God in others and see what happens. I know I skipped something up there, Denise. What would our life look like? What would it feel like? if we stepped into the sunlight, letting ourselves be seen as the love that we are, putting down the stories, putting down the sword and the shield, and trusting that the face that is looking back at me is the face of the divine. Love itself, here to love me. What might our lives feel like and be like? You know, there's power in us coming together on Sunday mornings in this way. 
There was a study that just came out talking about um, Zoom, um, Zoom, 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 Zoom. Remember that show, Zoom? Um, <laughs> I still remember their address, Box 354, Boston, Mass, 02134. I used to sing along. For those of you who don't know, there might be some watching Too Young, it was a show, PBS. I'm not talking about that Zoom. Zoom, Zoom um, weariness, Zoom fatigue, there we go, that's it. You know that. We know that in our bones. We feel it. And the study came out just this past week. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for our mental health and our well-being meeting behind glass and screens. Well, it, it, gets the, it might get the job done, but it's not getting it done at the level of soul and heart. We come together here. We are wired. We are wired to be. We are, you can't dance. On Zoom, you can. I know Benjamin, I see it. I know Benjamin. <laughs> He's going to be talking about that later, Transcendence. You can, but energetically. You can't hug. You can't, how about this? You can't hug. We'll do that. But yeah, I can't dance cheek to cheek on Zoom. But when we come together, and I'm, I'm doing this as far as the divine and and you and me, that's our topic today. I want to give you a tangible thing with this, is look in the faces of the people that you speak with and be curious as to the love that they are. Listen to them, love them, and let them be loved to you. When we come here on Sundays, we come here to recognize our own, remember, remind ourselves, recognize our divinity and to see it and know it in others. And by us practicing it here on Sundays, in our circles, in our, our teams of service with one another, when we do this, we are practicing creating a world that works. I know there are some. I've had people tell me, oh, I, you know, going Sundays, I you know, like to sleep in. I like to watch on, Zoom, uh, on Facebook, and I love each and every one of you on Facebook. <laughs> but what we're feeling in here, it's only heart to heart and eye to eye and face to face that we really can sense and live that namaste. So after service today, in Fellowship Hall, you know, speak to someone that you haven't spoken to before or it's been a while. Be curious, be interested. So you go through this week, going throughout, going to Dave's, going shopping, going here and there, going to work. Look at the faces of spirit in all of its many forms. Use your mind to say, oh yeah, that crying baby, oh. It's the voice of spirit. Recognize spirit in the eyes of the homeless person on the street. Are you looking in their eyes? That's a whole other question. 
We start from center, we start from love, but that's not where it ends. Love is what points the way. Isn't that what Holmes says? And law makes it possible if we are not following that love. How will we ever live out loud? Namaste, my friends. Yeah. Yeah.